It's another hot and misty muggy day in Boise, Idaho. Actually, I guess I wouldn't call this muggy at all, but it's hot. It sure is hotter than I thought it was going to be. Dry Spell Radio, uh, we're taking over the University Pulse for the next two hours to present to you the Dry Spell cast where we're going to talk about video games and life and... Uh, Some movies. Sure. I guess. This is Wednesday, September 13th. This is episode 26. My name is Matt. Austin, how's it going over there? It's good, actually. I, I slept well, well rested. Uh, I haven't been stressing so much about homework. That's Which is weird, because I take an LSAT in right. four days. Right. So... Which I guess I, yesterday I was stressing, but now I'm like, feel good. So the LSAT is some law thing. It's the law school admission test. Okay. Yes. Okay. And if you're familiar with Legally Blonde, you'll you'll understand. I'm, I am slightly. I mean, it's, it's, it's well just the enough. test you need to take. Everyone needs to take to like get into law school. Okay. So. That's fair. Uh, yeah. I mean, I had like the praxis when I was going into teaching that I had to take mm-hmm. like several. Well, er- every every discipline has their thing. Like I was like, oh, med- media production does not have one of those things. Okay. Well, <laughs> most, most then. Because I know like for people going to med, uh, med school, you have to take the MCATs and then there's the GREs for just grad students and stuff. So. Right. Right. Well, that's universal across the board. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just, it's just essentially the test to become... For higher education, higher, higher education. Sweet. I guess we're considered higher education. Yes, we are. So if you're out there listening and want to get in touch with us uh, while we talk about some maybe controversial subjects this week uh, in the worlds of video games, you can totally do that. Uh, I am on Twitter, or I guess we are on Twitter, at Dry Spell Radio. That's the best way to get in touch with us. If you would like to uh, follow us on Facebook, you can send me a message on Messenger as well and I will get that last we have an email address that is dryspellradio at gmail.com honestly if you are out there listening and you got stuff to say I think we would really be interested in hearing it because again uh if anybody follows video games and the video game world you know this week was kind of a doozy it was so there is some stuff that we really need to talk about. But before we get to that, did I already ask you what's up? Kind of. Okay. Not really. So. Well, I was talking about like, I guess I was like saying us well-rested. Yeah. Law school. All that You're up. doing well. So what's up with you? Oh, I feel terrible. Yeah. Uh, I did not. I, I should. I should have gone to bed earlier last night. When did you go to bed? <sighs> Three thirty, four o'clock ish. Why do you do this to yourself? Because it just feels right. Uh, Until you I, wake up at like eight thirty. See, that's the problem. See, I am not a morning person, like at all. Like if my day revolved around one o'clock to three o'clock, I would feel fine. But there's like something. Like one p.m. to three a.m. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm with you on that. I would totally rather have that than like being up at. There's 6 something that about. Waking up before like 10 that I just despise and like I do it all the time obviously because I work in the mornings or I have glasses in the morning or I do stuff like this in the morning. So it's totally like something that I've gotten used to, but I would much prefer to be out late. Mm -hmm. I I just I just like being up late. I don't know why I feel like I'm just like because the world's quiet. Everything's quiet 
And I, I feel like I actually get a lot of stuff done when I'm on a plate. Like homework and stuff like that. Um, well, because nobody else is up. Yeah, and it's like, like the best time for me to work. Yeah, especially where you, with your house, you have four other roommates. You know, since one of my roommates moved out not too long ago, it, it feels like I've been so much more productive because I don't have that urge to go downstairs and talk to my roommates anymore. Mm. And yeah. I and I'm not saying that as like a bad thing against many of my roommates, but uh, he was the main person I always like hung out with so sad face sad face you just gotta get one in there and then you're good uh, <laughs> i don't know i kind of like this i like locking myself in my room and not talking yeah. to anybody i mean now you i mean i don't know if you, you've lived alone before yes i have and i mean i currently live alone and i love it yes it's just i i don't know i just like it so much better i just i did the roommate thing like once and oh i've done it so many times. i know you've done it a lot you've lived in so many places i don't really understand but i mean i've done it once and I didn't really enjoy it. And it was a weird time because, like, he just got, got, like, a serious girlfriend, so she was always over there. So I feel like I had a that's third roommate. And it was, it was really bad. Yeah, that's the worst. Well, so. and so my problem with, like, living alone uh, is, and this may happen even when I'm with roommates, I don't want to, like, choke and die. Oh, yeah. And then, like, two weeks later, somebody will be like, hmm. I haven't seen him in a I while. I haven't seen Matt in a while. Maybe we should find out what's up and then find me rotting. And <laughs> I'm sure when I'm older, I'll have a cat. And I'm sure that cat will have eaten at least half of me by then. Yeah. So like speaking of really creepy things. <laughs> um, Good and, and something that like another thing that like freaks me out about living alone is I get scared of the dark. Uh, I know that's like that's a thing like. The people are afraid of the dark. It's okay. Well, I am one of those people. Well, and it's like being afraid of the dark is not just like a childish thing. Because like when it's dark, you obviously can't see and your brain fits in the pieces that aren't there. And then that's what freaks you out is because then you start imagining things. And like this is like legit. Like that's what happens. And it's weird. Yeah. So we saw it this weekend. We did see it this weekend. And I'll be, I'll be completely honest. I saw it again last night. Because I thought it was a super good movie. It it was a good movie. I I, I knew it, cause like from the reviews I was seeing and stuff, it was getting pretty good reviews. I expected it to be a good movie, but I didn't expect it to be like this good. Honestly, for sure. And like Matt hates scary movies, and I mean this wasn't a like traditional scary movie. It wasn't just no. like focused on jump scares, which I mean they did have some, but honestly, it was just it was so suspenseful and like twisted and creepy at parts, like. I just felt uncomfortable more than I was like scared. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. Like, I like Stephen King yeah. horror. It's it's uh, it's a beautiful thing in comparison to like Eli Roth horror. Yeah, I don't know. So because I really like that that psychological aspect, and that's what this movie and really was. I that's how I feel. You know, it's like you get to know these kids a little bit and then you start to understand their fears and like their innocence. And then you have something, a force that you don't really understand that just feeds on that. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is scarier than probably anything else. Yeah. I mean, this is the first movie I've been to like horror movie that I actually was like uncomfortably like i wanted to like almost get up and like kind of move and like, like just like, Oh, it's okay. It's okay. Like versus like other horror movies. Like I think the last one I saw in theaters was lights out, which I guess was a while ago. I mean, it had, a, it was a good, actually a good quality horror movie and it just had, but it's just jump scare central and you just, huh! and then it's like, you're fine. Right. Where this one, you're just like, you're, you know that it's still there. You're like so, you're so uneasy. You're just like, oh, okay. 
okay. And then it like pops out, you're like, oh, and then it's like, it's like not over. And you're just like, oh, and like, right. and I mean, I look over at you, you're like trying to like half covering your face, you're yeah. like pulling your shirt above your, your mouth. Like, yeah. Like, and the second know. time I saw it, like I didn't do any of that. I knew, I knew when things were going to come. Yeah. I mean, this does a thing where it tries to trick your brain mm-hmm. where like, it'll have like these crescendos in music and like, you know, something's creepy is coming and then it doesn't happen. So the next time you do it, it, they do it. It's, it scares you even more. Yeah. And it, I saw a lot of crit- this is like the most criticism, but I think they did this intentionally on the movie is how how quickly it went from like scary to like them having fun and being happy. And I really yeah. thought no, I, and I really thought that was a, a, an intentional thing to make the mood unsettling. Like, why are they happy? Like, they shouldn't be like out playing and whatever. But I think that was intentionally to make just keep you on edge because like you're like this isn't shouldn't be happening because it's a horror movie, but they're all having fun and being kids. I mean, well, that's the thing. Like if it, if it was centered around adults, it would probably be a little bit different, which it will be right. Right. I mean, ever, if you've never seen the original, it, you probably should at some point, but that's the thing about it. Like it, this was just the first part. Of yeah. It. There's another part when like, cause the, the, the stories every 27 years, Pennywise comes and terrorizes the town. And if you haven't seen the original it, uh, we're ruining the movie for you. So you probably shouldn't be listening. Sorry, but you should have probably seen. I mean, the original I, I think it. at this point, most people know kind of the story of it with Pennywise and stuff. So yeah, they've, I mean, they've already like announced even before this movie came out, it was like 2016 when they started production of this one, that it was already going to be two movies. Oh, absolutely. Well, and this movie is doing so super well. It's it has the second best opening weekends of an R rated movie ever. It's only behind Deadpool. Yeah. And which it's, means it's number one in horror. It is the number one horror movie in opening for R rated. And that's amazing. I mean, what it made 127 million opening weekend. Yeah. Which something is crazy. crazy. And you were commenting on this, like, when we're in the theater, like there's so many kids in here, like parents were bringing their kids to this movie. It's like, yeah, which I still think is kind of strange, but last night when I saw it, so because it was like $5 Tuesdays, right? So we went and the theater was packed. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, and I made that comment again. Like, why are, where, like these high schoolers, they have school in the morning. Did anybody check their IDs? (laughs) Like, I mean, you could be 17 now, so that's junior, senior. I know. I, I know. know. You, you just feel so old because you're old. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and it, it is actually better in a full theater. Oh, I'm sure. I will say. Yeah, I kind of I kind of miss that. Especially, like, somebody, like, I've already seen the movie, so and, like, you know the majority like, of these people are not. Yeah. And so, like, there's a couple, like, there's one scene um, where one of the kids gets chased, uh, spoiler alert. <laughs> and, and it's like a really quick, uh, he's like running and then there's this quick pan, uh, around and Pennywise is right there and the theater lost it. And I, I thought that was fantastic. I, so I love going to like seeing horror movies in the theater like that. Cause just the whole experience. And maybe that's my problem with horror is you see by I've, yourself. I've always watched them by myself. No, I, I, except I was, insidious. That movie is awful. It should burn. I, I was the same way. I'd only ever watch them. Like when I was at my cousin's house and stuff like that, or like Halloween time when it was just on TV or whatever. But then like recently I started going to them in the theaters and it was just such a better experience. And it was so much like, it was just more fun. Cause like everyone's kind of just experienced the same thing you are. And it's just like, Oh, it's like a theater bonding moment for sure. Now I thought it was a good movie and that's coming from somebody again, that is not a big fan of horror. Yeah. And I, it did a really good job with practical effects. 
I mean, obviously there's still some CG stuff, but like it did a really like just. Yeah. And with there's definitely with some the things effects, I want to know how they did. Yeah. Like, there, okay. There's like some several shots. Every time he's moving, his head is completely still. Yeah. And his body's moving. So I, obviously it was like some camera trick or whatever, but it just makes it unsettling. I think like there's one part he's kind of like dancing in at the end, near the end ish part. And it's just really creepy because his whole body's moving, but his head's just completely still. And it, I mean, it kind of sh- like just shows that this guy, that this isn't normal. He's not a normal thing. He's an evil. Right. I don't They never really say what he is. It's like, right, they just which say is an, explained in the book, they but just it's say he's probably an evil, better this way. I, they just say he's like an evil entity or something. I think that's all they really give. Yeah. I mean, I, they, they kind of explain what his final form in the end of the book. I don't really want to give that away because that'll be probably shown in the, the scene. We'll see. I, I actually hope they kind of leave that out yeah. because that, that's probably like one of the more far-fetched things in the entire story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. It's, you know, Stephen King is a brilliant author. And so I'm sure there's something there, but when I like when I heard but maybe about back what when it they is, made like, it, it was just really cheesy. That's what I've heard about the original it like miniseries was just super cheesy. Have you never seen it? No. Oh, we should watch oh, it. I remember watching the beginning of it years ago, and it just I mean I was a child, and it just frightened me. Like you Pennywise should, the Clown frightened me. I mean, and I think oh, that's yeah. the point. Like, right. You should see that simply just to see Tim Curry's performance. Well, I no, I have. Like, I did see the beginning of it, like the original series, and, like, my parents were watching it or whatever, which I'm surprised because my dad hates horror stuff. So, But I think he likes Stephen King, so I don't maybe that's why. Again, that's but kind of where I am. I was a young child, so I don't really remember it. I just remembered, I just remembered him terrifying me. And I really I, – I remember the scene, the opening scene when he's in the gutter. Like, yeah. Which, in this one, it's, went from zero to 100 real quick. Yes. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. So there's our uh, movie review. I, I recommend seeing it. It is very, very fun. Take take a group. Take a date. I don't know. It's a good date. It would be a good date movie. I, I, I mean, unless you're more scared than your date, then maybe it's an issue. But this this uh, I was going to say, I've never taken a date to a horror movie, but that's because this is the first horror movie I've ever seen in a theater. <laughs> yeah. Taking dates to horror movies is not bad. It's That's kind of why I started seeing horror movies in theaters. So anyways, anyways, so we need to take a very quick, short break and we'll be back. So on to video games. Austin, I know the answer to this question. Mm-hmm. What have you been playing? So obvious answer, Destiny. Destiny 2, D2. Uh, I will get into that. I just want to kind of touch on a little bit more. I did play some Siege because Siege, Siege's newest update with new operators and everything came out the day before Destiny. And right. so I didn't get a chance to talk about it last week because like all was, it was all Destiny last week. So I kind of want to just throw it in there a little bit. And now that all the op- the operators are out for everyone and not just season pass owners, maybe it's more apropos talking about it now. I don't know. Uh, so, siege updates here. Operation Health is gone. It finally, the last this uh, last update was the last changes that they did, and it seems to be actually pretty effective. The stability and stuff like that is working. I haven't fallen to the map yet, so that's good. Oh, that's a plus. I know. Uh, 
so we got three new operators that we, I know we've touched on them, I think it was two weeks ago now, but I actually got a chance to play them, uh, use them a little bit and stuff. I have to say they are very, very effective. All three of them are very yeah. good. And I mean, they look like it. Yeah, and I mean, and I'm excited how to see how this changes the meta of the game because it was it was becoming the same same thing over and over. Which is, I mean, for someone who like me who's played enough Siege, it the game has been like pretty fresh most of the time. But then late lately, because this Operation Health just took so long, it did get a little stale. So I'm kind of glad they have three operators. It kind of changes it up. I have to say though, Ying, the new attacker, is ter just terrifying. When you just hear that shing 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 shing, and then you're you just can't see anything. Oh man. Yeah. And like those those aren't just like normal flashbang grenades. Like you are blinded for like ten solid seconds, and you just, you have no idea what's going on. And that's pretty terrifying. Yeah, for sure. Uh, unfortunately, I've not played the new map because it's the map rotations are still weird. I don't like them still can't just like pick i wish you could like kind of pick and pick maps or vote on maps like call of duty did i hate to say that but i kind of wish that was the thing well that's how csgo takes it too yeah so well at the end of csgo matches they literally give you every map available and you vote on it yeah so it's a lot of fun i'm kind of i want to i mean obviously destiny's out and that's kind of taking all my free time but we i still have a friend who's like that's what he mainly plays so when it's just me and him online i'll play siege which i did a couple nights ago when everyone got off Destiny, I was like, oh, I'll just jump on Siege and play around a few rounds. So I just wanted to put that out there. Yeah. Uh, new yeah. operators are out, 25,000 renowned. Oh, or about God. Or about $5 per okay. operator. Yeah, it's which not I'm not going to buy that. No, or, you know, or the season pass, I think, like 30. And that I'm gives you and that, that gives either. you what already Jackal Amira, if you don't have them. So it's five operators so far, and there'll be uh, three more to come for 30 bucks and you get maps and the new maps I guess are free but I don't know other than that really haven't played much I did play some Uncharted 4 I'm trying to get through, slowly get through that oh you still haven't beat that have you no I'm, I played like the weekend before Destiny came out I played a good chunk of it okay and it's it's super good I'm, well, you, you still haven't fil finished Doom yet have you mm. or any game have you finished a game in the past year no that's what I thought. Uh, yeah, I because I made that vow over the summer. I will finish these games, and I just I just didn't. I got too busy. I was working three jobs and didn't have time for that. Hmm. So maybe after this weekend, oh. when I'm not worrying about the LSAT anymore. I'm gonna go ham in the video games and go finish all these. Probably not, but yeah. When I was waiting for Space World of Warcraft to update, I played a little bit of Sonic Mania. And I just got your job. I got I, I got farther than I'd gotten previously. Uh, there was one boss that I just kept like having such a hard time with. But finally, I figured him out, got past him and stuff. And that game is still continues to surprise me. It's some of the just like especially the boss fights, the the not like the normal boss fights, but the secondary like this is what we think a new Sonic would be or something like that boss fight. Mm -hmm. I think those are really super good. Um, and uh, how long has the game been out? What? Three weeks? Three weeks. Something like that, maybe a month so, now. So it's been about three weeks. So I'm going to spoil a little bit of Sonic Mania. Uh, tune back in in like three minutes if you don't want to hear this. But so it starts out with the, the green zone, right? Uh, like every Sonic game ever. 
and you play through it, and it's pretty it's pretty normal. And then the second one is the chemical plants, and the first one uh, is is just like the original chemical plant and it's awful and it's no fun and it's the worst level design and all this stuff. And then act two of it, it gets quite a bit better and they start introducing these, like these syringes that you jump on and they like inject like water with different chemicals that make them bouncy and stuff. And it's just kind of fantastic. Mm. And then you keep going and you hit this boss fight which is basically the the matching bean game that they had in arcades at one point. So like it's it's kind of like uh, I want to say bejeweled esque, uh, but this was way before bejeweled, where you match the colors and get different rows and stuff of different beans, and you have to fight against Mister Eggman. Yeah, classic. And it's just so good. Like, it comes out of nowhere. And I just love the little things like that in this game that they do. I think that's, like, really super special. And, I mean, I just the still, I'm still shocked that in 2017, I'm talking about a Sonic game that I like. I don't think, whatever year it is, it's a Sonic game you like, which is weird. Right. Right, because Sonic's never been good. Sorry, Sonic fans, uh, but it's just—it's never been really that good of a game. And this still, this still kind of has the problems that a lot of Sonic games do, where oh, the entire point of this game is you're going to go super fast, and then we're going to put an enemy in front of you and make you stop going super fast, or we're going to put a wall here and you're going to stop going super fast, and that really drags down the gameplay it would be like going into an area where mario couldn't jump like that like why would you, you ever mean do mario that? run well no that that's <laughs> not a game I know, that was a joke that's a mistake so it's just like well cool. listening to matt play this game it just cracks me up because he's just like i'm going mach three <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's so good freaking out I'm like it's a okay and, and there's a lot the way you get like chaos emeralds in it is you get these secret um, areas that you have to go in and do these little mini games. And those are probably not the greatest part of the game, but that's how you quote unquote beat it. So I don't know. I haven't got very far because I still haven't found a lot of the secret places. I think you have to get like seven chaos emeralds to actually beat the game. Wow. Um, and I don't know how many secret areas there are. I think there's more than that, but Sonic Mania is good. So yeah. And so I was playing it. Uh, and if you didn't get my space world of Warcraft joke, I was talking about destiny and yeah, I mean, I've been playing quite a bit of it, and I do actually believe that it's a good game. It's funny to me, like, that's, that's, that's it's amazing. not hitting me. Like, I keep comparing it to Halo, which I probably shouldn't do, but I, when I play it, like, my immediate thought is, oh, this is kind of exactly like Halo well, was. I mean, as expected, it is. All right, it's Bungie. It looks good very similar i mean the mission 
I guess the mission design isn't comparable, but just the way they like design their worlds and like all this stuff, it just feels like a Halo game updated, but it's not getting to me quite like Halo did. And I don't know. I'm trying to decide if that's just because I was younger and I mean, it, was, it could be in like Halo was like that defining moment in gaming. It, that well, and it was like, a defining moment for me as a gamer. Yeah. When you're just like, whoa. So, and I don't know, I don't know if I'm trying to be too hard on Destiny because of that, but again, I still think it's a good game. I think there's some things that need fixed, um, for sure. Like, I know everybody's going really hardcore into getting their levels and getting their level caps, but it's, uh... Like, so if you get to level 20, that's the capped level right now, right? The power level? Uh, like, well, the power level is different than the actual, like, XP level. Okay, so, so okay, we're not going to get into that because that's stupid. So, but level, level, tw 20, level 20 okay. is where so you max out. That's where you max out, and then you can get, you and can max when, yourself out on power level slash light level. Which I, well. they don't call it light level anymore, but I mean. It's I, power level. It's power level now. So I still right. call it light level because that's just what it was in all of last three years of destiny right and so people are like going like hardcore into maxing that out and i don't understand why because are you just gonna play the game for a week max everything out and then not play it for another three or like another three months before the new dlc comes out and they bump up the level it's, it's because it's i am different i'm not going to grind like, I'm not going to grind for three months while I'm not leveling up. Okay, That's well. That's stupid. So, for you, you haven't beat the main story yet. So, you haven't, no. uh, you haven't really unlocked the end game stuff. Which, there is quite a bit to end game. And, like, because every day they give you, or every week you get milestones. So, you're grinding. I mean, it's, it's not going to be, like, that bad of a grind because you don't have to be on every single day. If you don't want, like, it's... But it's, it's but no, well, you don't have to be on every day for any game. But it still yeah. sounds exactly like you're grinding for three months. Until the next DLC comes out okay. and they bump up all the levels. So as it's, as it's, there's still like, it's not like nothing's going on. Like there's still a lot to do. Like obviously the raid drops today. Right. And, and so you beat the raid once, twice, three times, and then you have to wait for three months until oh. the next DLC comes out. Oh my goodness. Well, that's the thing. Like they're, they're not giving me anything to like, once I beat all this stuff, like, well, what do I do now? Because you're not that big into the crucible. Are you? No. Because that's, that's going to be the big one is when tri the Trials comes out. And that's, that's, and that's a huge draw for Destiny. I don't know how you feel about that. It's tough. I mean, you'll have to try it so you just have, can experience mm -hmm. it. Um, but I'm not like, the biggest fan of that multiplayer. It's different. I'm getting used to it. I'm not, I don't know. It's, it's, it's actually like the 4v4 is like, ends up being a lot different than what it was 6v6. Well, and I don't, and I don't even care about that. I'm I not know. comparing it to that. I'm just not. Like, I just don't think it's that fun. And lately I've noticed, like, if you have, like, the certain guns, you just destroy. And, like, and if you don't, you get destroyed. And, like, that was kind of the case last night, which kind of has always been the issue with Crucible. Yeah. Because you get to bring your loadout in there. You don't just, which like. Which is weird. It's not like, like what Halo was where you just pick up the guns and stuff, which maybe they need to have a mode like that. Yeah. Well, that's that's how all multiplayer should be. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, in every game, that's, I think that was what they were trying to do. Something differently is like the crucible is part of your character. It's not just like a, another, like, uh, I don't know the word. I'm I don't think that they get character. Right. I don't through. think that needs to be something. I don't think that they need to 
uh, defend the, yeah. what the crucible is, why can't it just be something? Like, it doesn't have to be part of the storyline. Yeah, oh, you're going to go and do these trials and become the better guardian. And because because it is guardians. part Because they and why are you it, like, why were you killing other guardians in the first place? It's because, like, the point is, it's like the training grounds. And since like since the guardians can't really die, that's like where they go to train. That's the that's the story behind the crucible to make you better. Yeah, but, and there's no reason for that. Yeah, um, but as you're saying, like with you'd need to get to where we're at at least. We're like because we're all past level twenty, we've all beat the story. So uh, I'll get there eventually. I know, I know you will. It's just there's you keep. I'm I'm getting really close. Actually, I think I'm like level fifteen right now. Yeah. And and that's the thing, like, and I just don't want to peak right now and then have no reason to play. And maybe actually that's probably for like someone like me, a good idea because I ha- still have a backlog. I have a bunch of games coming out that I want to play. So maybe like uh, playing all of it right now is a good thing yeah, so that we, I can get I mean, to other stuff. We're planning on rating this Saturday, so you need to be enough high level. Yeah. And I'll be a high enough power level, level. It's like power level 260 to 280. To be in the raid. And I'm right around 200. Okay, so you'll probably get there. So you need, like, but, like, you'll need to be, like, doing the milestones and stuff like that to get there. Uh, That, hmm. they're not hard. That's fine. I'm not expecting them to be hard. This game is ridiculously easy. It's not, okay, so you, you keep talking about grinding. But you weren't there for D1. I don't care. And that was real grinding. I don't care. I'm not talking about Destiny I know. 1. But like comparati- comparatively, it's not grinding. I know, but I'm not comparing I actually it feel because like, I don't care. I know, but I actually feel like I'm actually doing... I'm not playing Destiny 1. I'm playing Destiny 2. Okay, I'm talking to... I'm the, playing the Space world. world of Warcraft. Talking to the world here. Um, it's. I feel like I actually do have... like still have purpose. Like, you need to go complete this mission. You're like, okay, let's go do this mission right now. Yeah, like, let's go do it. Let's go yeah. do it. Yeah. And yeah. then you get like a powerful engram or like you like. Right. Have, but there's going to be a certain point where you're going to, we're going to top out at that. Yeah, like, I know. I know there will be. They're not endless. It, it hasn't hit there yet. Cause we still have a lot of stuff. We got the raid coming in. We got trials coming in. We got, and they keep throwing it little things here and there. So the raid, I am excited for the raid. I'm excited to experience a raid because this is what I've heard all this time. It's the is pinnacle like the best of what part. destiny is. Yeah. And I'm excited about that because, and I, I think of like the strike that we did for the beta and that was a lot of fun mm-hmm. and I want more of stuff like that. Yeah. And like that, that, that was, and that's what good. I picture the raid is kind of like, and the raid will be like that. Like, I mean, I'm hopefully I'm not off base here, but like it's that crank a little more cranked up. There's going to be a lot more uh, teamwork, more puzzly stuff like that versus just like kind of attack this boss to this stage and then move to this platform. Yeah. And, uh, stuff like that. All right. But well, we do. We need to take a break. We are going to continue talking about Destiny when we come back. But for right now, we need to take a break. Continuing our talk about Destiny, I want to be very clear that I'm not ripping on this game. Like, I think it's a good game. And I want to make that, like, clear right now because, uh, I like, I know I'm sounding kind of tough on it. And I think part of it is more of I just don't want to ruin it for me. I don't want to ruin the experience because I think it's something that I can have a lot of fun with for a long time. And so for me, I don't want to play 40 hours in the first week and then not enjoy it for the rest of the time. I, I understand where you're, where you're coming from. Uh, 
Yeah. And I, like said, it, like it feels good. Like when you get out of a mission and there's like four different missions around you that you can go do. I like that. I think that it's a good experience. Um, playing with friends, it, it's fun. And going and fighting. I just like, I think that the mission design is good. I think the level design is good. I don't like having to backtrack through levels constantly. Um, but that's kind of what you get with this open world feeling. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, the same goes for, you know, games like The Witcher, right? Uh, it's just I, I don't like backtracking, but it makes sense why you would. In my life, I drive home every day, you know? Doesn't mean I want to, but I do. Yeah, it's not like you're just always moving forward. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's, there's a lot of good stuff here and I do have a couple of responses I want to read, uh, before we move on or before we talk about it a little more, uh, Keaton, a friend of the show, or I guess a friend of mine, uh, has messaged us. Uh, and he said like, so he talked about it for a second. He said, it's a big fan of horror. It was not scary, but very creepy. And I guess that's a good way to describe that's it. That's kind of what we were saying. Um, too. he corrected me on the, the Bejeweled, and he said, not Bejeweled, more like Dr. Mario. Uh, that's fair, I guess. I've never played it, so I, uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah. um, and then he, he asked, like, what are you grinding for in Destiny? Why grind at all? And I guess the answer to that is is loot, right? It's, it's, it's loot and stuff. Like, for me, like, Destiny like, has become like one of those, like, oh, I just have one more thing to do. Oh, I got one more thing yeah. to do. Oh, I'm almost leveled up to my bread engram. I have, like, one more thing. And, like... It, it becomes a drug. It's it's one of the it's like the, the Civ thing. One more turn or like PUBG, like, oh, one more building. Like it's that kind of mentality. We're like, oh, I'm almost there. I'm almost there. Right. Got to keep going. Then like you do that and like, oh, well, now I'm close to this thing. And it just kind of I mean, that's how it drags you down. Yeah, I will say like I got my first exotic mm -hmm. uh, item and it's like a level like 100 or something. And I hear like I get to power that up later Yeah, because I love the look of this thing. It's like it has wings and stuff. No, and it's and super cool. The and that's what I love about Destiny. Like the exotic designs are it's just amazing. Like I got this grenade launcher, the prospector that I was the first exotic I got like early in the game and just been leveling it up with me. Like it's, I always have it on cause it's just so such a good gun and it looks so cool. Like it's just the designs of some of these weapons and armors are just amazing. Yeah, for sure. And that's like, that, I think and that, that goes and back to and that's like why, what he does best. And that's why you grind. You're like, Oh, I, I want to get this piece or like, Oh, I'm so close to get, getting something like this. Or like you have that exotic quest line that you got to do. And, to get like the Mida multi-tool or whatever. And it's just like, Oh, I don't know. Yeah. And it's funny. Like the more I talk about this, the more I think, Oh yeah, this is just world of Warcraft. I mean, it's a better, uh, it's World of Warcraft if that was a first-person shooter. Yeah, essentially. So, and I, like I said, I think I think it's a good game. I'm having a lot of fun with it. Um, and so we got, I had posted a question on Twitter this week. And if you aren't on Twitter, follow us at Dry Spell Radio. Uh, and I got a response. I basically said, like, oh, we've been playing Destiny. Who out there has been playing Destiny? What do you think? And uh, we got a response from Tanner. Thank you, Tanner. Uh, and he said he hasn't played it, but have watched some gameplay. Looking forward to hearing your review. Uh, what is now today? Is the game worth the money, and is it worth it without DLC? And I will say, I think so. Um, I think, I mean, the game is regularly priced as a game. Yeah, you're gonna get a lot out of it, and is it, like worth it without the DLC? As of right now, yes. Um, 
like I said, I'm there's going to be a good DLC plan. That's what they do best. And and I'm actually I think like, the first one is supposed to be in three months. It's in December, yeah. And so right now, like I'm not running out of things to do. Again, I'm not nearly as far as you guys. But then I see, like for me, I I beat the main story, and like after like the credits and final cutscene, whatever. Which is, by the way, like I don't know if it will have the same impact on you as it did on us. Like they haven't played the first Destiny, but the final cutscene is just like whoa. And then it kind of it kind of illustrates where the game's moving. Obviously, um, it's the the cliffhanger kind of but then after that all ends it's like you got more adventures you got more side quests like it just throws so much more at you to do which is awesome because like that's always an issue with games like this like division was one De- the first destiny kind of was like this like once you hit the end game there's not much to do and like, yeah. you know, we were kind of talking about that there is stuff to do like there's more adventures to do and if you didn't do all the adventures in this first place they're still there to go do which i did them as story progress like yeah and i think that's going to be the important part because if you're like me and don't really like the crucible um i mean that's the and, thing and like that, you look at was, games like halo and like call of duty and all these things like the campaigns are good yeah but the important part is the multiplayer and that's that, and, what's going to keep me and that's what they're really year. trying to do in this game is make this like the more like story stuff more relevant than just the crucible because like i mean obviously destiny the first one was eventually only became crucible. Like it was either raid or crucible or trials. Like that was it. You didn't really do the story unless you needed like some legendary marks and go do the daily or something really quick, which they don't like, it's not set up like that anymore at all, which I appreciate. You can still like pick up harder versions of the quest from Ikora at the end to level her up, to get engrams and stuff. Yeah. So, which is, which is kind of cool. I mean, it's, it's fun. Like redoing the, the missions and especially since uh. I've only, since I've only done them once, being a harder difficulty and then like actually get like rewards from them is I, I think that's kind of nice for the people that like that. And then obviously there's stuff from Zavala. Or if you do strikes, you get his his uh, tokens to level him up. And then Cade has what his flashpoint missions that you do to level him up. And okay. I mean, there's a each each Vanguard has stuff to do. And I think Hawthorne is all all clan stuff. So if, if when you mm-hmm. do stuff with your clan, you get engrams from that. So it's they really are doing a good job after uh, the story to keep you going. All right. And I think that's going to be the important part. And like said, so it's one of those games that I feel really weird giving like a good stamp of approval until like a month out. So, yeah, and it's true. Like, I, like, I'll give it like right now. Because I know, I know, like, I, I know, like IGN and GameSpot and stuff. They all do they, their reviews in progress. Because they, they're not going to release their final reviews probably until uh, they've done the raid, until they've done trials and right. all that stuff. So it won't be probably for another week or so with them. And I'm kind of the same way, like Tanner here. I know he played the first one. He enjoyed parts of the first one, but felt like, I mean, obviously, like a lot of people did, is like it kind of fell short, it fell flat. Like there was some good moments, but then it ended up just not being super strong. So for Tanner, I think if you got into this one, you would like it. And I know for you, since you're a PC player, maybe, you know, get it on PC and you might enjoy yeah. it just that much better. Which I, from what I hear, PC is going to be. Yeah, and I, I like I know Jesse, a friend of ours, is like saying like, oh, I'll probably get it on a PC in two, and I don't feel that way. I don't feel like I'm going to enjoy this a second time around, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, so I right now I think the game is worth it. Yeah. So talking about clans, uh, we we started our clan, which we named Shaders for Sale. Yes, which, which is, is going to segue into our next Destiny topic and probably the biggest criticism that I've heard of the game so far. 
and that now shaders are a one-time consumable for one piece of gear. Yes, for one piece of gear. So, like, you can't change the color of all of your gear at one time. You have to have a single part for every single different piece of gear. And that's fascinating. It's interesting. I know, like, a lot of criticism, like Jason, he's like, oh, this is going to be so dumb, blah, blah, blah. Then actually last night he's like, you know what? I actually kind of like the shader system. So I don't know if I like it, but there's part of me that totally understands it. I mean, it sucks when Destiny 1 doesn't have the system like that. Like, it's, oh, you can use it over and over again. But um, it's like they take that away from you. I think that's that's where the problem is. Yeah. If they never would have had it like and, this, and that then it'd is be the like, issue. if it yeah. was always like this, people wouldn't even say said a word. But I, I mean, the reason why they did this is because now the shaders are going to be the rewards in themselves. Yeah. So and, and what, like when you complete like an adventure or like do something special, you get a shader as reward, or like you do a public event in a heroic public event and get a shader, like three shaders or something. Their so their response to this was basically that their response was shaders are now an ongoing reward for playing. Customization will inspire gameplay. Each planet has unique armor and shader rewards. With Destiny 2, we want statements like I want to run the raid trials or go back to Titan to get more of its shader to be possible. Yeah, which I I agree with that because like what we're saying is like Destiny 1 became just the raid, just trials, just stuff like that. So you just abandoned the other planets. Planets, and yeah. now this kind of gives you more more of a reason. And they they updated a public or not? Well, I mean, obviously public events are huge now. Like that's honestly like how I've been getting a lot of my materials. And now I will say the only problem I see with that is the fact that you change gear constantly. Like I will change gear three or four times in the same mission, mm-hmm. because that's how you pick up loot and stuff. Yeah. And so a system like this where, oh, I'm going to I'm going to change this so it matches with it and then immediately get something that's like 50 uh, health better. And it's like, oh, see, I I even see for like especially like right now where you're at and even where I'm at, I'm not going to be using these shaders on my gear. I mean, maybe on my my exotics and stuff that I'm not going to get rid of. It makes sense to do that. But then exotics have their own special uh ornaments that you can change on them and stuff so it wouldn't even be like but they can still do shaders on them too yeah it's interesting i will say i think when it comes around to getting like raid gear when you're going to because that's going to be the top of the line legendary gear okay that's what you're going to use the shaders on because i mean and these shaders aren't just for gear it's for weapons obviously your armor but your ship as well and your ghost i believe can use shaders as well so and for your ship and ghost you're not going to change those very often so it might make sense you know hey maybe i'll throw on uh this uh, to make my ship look different or whatever. So it's stuff like that. I, I, I'm always like this. I kind of hoard things in video games. I hate using consumables. Like I still like from destiny one, had like 14 jackalites. And if anyone knows what I'm talking about, it was like the special reward you got during Halloween time. I still had like a ton of them because I never used them. Cause I just didn't want, I always just wanted to have them on me and yeah. stuff like that. And like I had, and actually in, this is kind of funny. Is there somebody? Is there somewhere in the world that you can like put gear that you don't want to be carrying with you? Well, there's a vault. There is. There's okay. a vault that has like uh, I think just now it's just like 200 or 300 spaces. Okay. Because it used to be broken up by like armor, weapons, and like class specific stuff or like materials and stuff. Now it's just a huge. Just throw whatever you want in there, and there it is. 
which is nice. And the vaults are transferable between characters. So you can just throw stuff in there. Maybe like, oh, this is a good gun, but I'm like out-leveled it now, but it'll be good on my next character when I start it. So here, I'll throw that in here now. Yeah. Or like you're like, oh, I have three sparrows. So let's throw one in here. So my other character can start with a sparrow and not have to run the entire time. Okay. Now, I will say, so like the people complaining about these microtransactions, it feels like a very console thing to do. Because uh, if you're going to do microtransactions, uh, this is exactly how I think they should be done. They should be something cosmetic, something that you can grind for in-game if you want. Yeah. Well, but you don't have to. This is just a way to make yourself look prettier if you want to. And that and that's all these are. It's nothing. Right. It's no, it's it's no like, guns or anything. Right. And that's like the. I think that's the important part. And the like the what we should take away from this, uh, you know, as somebody who has played Dota for example, mm -hmm. like this is how they make all their money. This is how they thrive is you want your characters to look cool. And so, I mean, that's as far as like microtransactions go, they're doing it correctly. They're not, get, they're not making it so that you get a head in the game. And I think that that's where that's the line in which I think microtransactions are cool or a good thing. And one thing I do appreciate, because I, I know Jason again brought up this concern, oh, it's, it's dumb that this is how it's going to be, blah, blah, blah. Even though this is how the first Destiny was when they introduced the Eververse, it was just for emotes and dances and, like, uh, ghost shells and stuff. But, like, when you get geared, like, stuff that's, like, actual gear, it comes at a, such a low power level that you have to infuse it up with anything anyway. Yeah. So then it just, like, it cancels it, its issue out. And once you hit level 20... Obviously, you keep leveling up still, and every time you level up, you get a bright engram, which is a package of this stuff from the Eververse. So, it, in a sense, like you don't have to spend many money. It's like it's one of those things like you can spend money if you want to get all the gear, or you can just keep playing the game and just slowly get it over right. time, which I appreciate because I've gotten some pretty good dance emotes, and like I have an exotic ship out of it, and it's it's. Honestly, I know Jason runs around and salts. Uh, because yeah, that's he's the got, most. He's got the salt bay. Uh, like that's the most emo uh, uh, fellow kids thing I've heard. There's the floss dance kid. You know the backpack kid that little, little arm dance. That's one of the dance emotes. I have the the chicken dance from Arrested Development. I mean, mm. oh yeah. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of fun stuff in there. It's completely stupid, but it's great. All right. Well, we need to take one yes. another quick break. We'll be back. So I, I guess we should probably get done with talking about Destiny yeah, soonish. Um, so the raid drops today, and we're planning on doing it Saturday. And so like uh, we're in we'll, our like group chat, like yeah. like we're making sure that well, nobody's looking up. Uh, well, because they just asked, do we want to know about the raid? I'm like, no, we're going in blind. I want to figure it out because that's like the beauty. Like, because Vault of Glass was kind of ruining for me. Because we we joined a group who already kind of knew what to do and like yeah was, and then especially when Crota came around I'm like oh I don't want to we picked up two guys that knew already did it and they kind of like oh you got to do this you got to do this and then they got mad when we didn't know what we were doing which was annoying but I know for uh, Oryx the third raid on Destiny One we did go in blind like right when it came out and it was 
so much fun. It's just so much better. Like, and then I, and even for uh, the last one, Rise of the Machine, my first time through, we were going in blind, and it's just it's just so much more fun to figure it out with six people. Like, oh, this is the mechanic we need to do. Oh, I need we need to kill this guy to drop these things to throw here, and like it's a lot. Like, I think it's so much better to start on the raid without like reading on Reddit or like, this is what you need to do and then rush through it and not get the full experience. Cause that's the beauty with destiny is just like trying to figure it out and, and learn. And yeah. I don't expect us to beat the raid the first time. Yeah. I, I want to see how far we can get. I, yeah, for sure. And, so, and I when, know we'll figure it out eventually. When it's, are we planning on doing this? Saturday sometime. So, so I think we should probably plan Saturday evening. Now I'm going to be a hundred percent honest with all of my friends from the beginning. Oktoberfest starts this weekend. Yeah, I know you're, you're going to be, little, are you playing pay it this weekend? Um, yes. Uh, so dropping, uh, this, uh, dropping a, uh, that's not a joke that's working in my head right now. Um, hold on, hold on. I got this. I'm going to save this bit. Um, dropping a plug bomb. There we go. That was awful. Uh, come out to pay at brewing this weekend. Uh, the one off of river. I don't know if there's another one, but uh, off of river and come watch some polka music. I will be uh, laying it down on the drums. Uh, it should be a lot of fun. And what? they're they're totally not paying me to say this, uh, and they do not sponsor the radio station either. Uh, I just think that it, I, it's, I, it's, it's my favorite time of the year. It, I the love Oktoberfest. It's the best beer. It and, is. Oktoberfest beer is the best beer. And it's just fun. It is just like, because every, every... I've been training. Training, but drinking? Yeah. Oh, goodness. I'm just kidding. I need to. I need to a little bit better. And uh, I know, because, like, the places we go to are having their Oktoberfest parties come uh, up, too. Um, my favorite coming here. So, I'm sorry. So, Saturday, uh, I, I will... I'm not going to go crazy. A lot like last year? <laughs> so, I did... Well, I did not go crazy at Payout last year. Uh, yeah, you went crazy at Edge last uh, year. S- <laughs> well, not even there. It was uh, it, when Prost runs there. That's what it's the going seventh to, and eighth of October. Yeah, yeah uh, it's going to be grand. And anyone's listening, I recommend that one because they they block off. I the recommend whole, all of that. Yeah, I mean, do but like the Prost one, they block off all of Eighth Street, and you have a whole like street party and stuff. It's a lot of fun. If we want to have a dry spell radio meetup oh. at the Prost, I will totally be down for that yeah uh you i will be there probably all day both days i probably so, will be too because i don't have to work <laughs> so uh, be ready for that but anyway so yeah so that, back was, to that Destiny. was so weird and off, off topic but yeah Beer. so rating uh i'm excited i'm excited to try it um, it's gonna be fun i in i mean they've been working on this for a while so i'm sure it's gonna be pretty pretty good i didn't plan on this i want to talk about one more game before we move on yeah because we're just about done with hour one and i've i've got to get this off my chest now humble bundle ran a bundle uh the sakura bundle oh no and talking about this. i looked at it and i'm like wow this is crazy i can't believe that they're selling a lot of these games and then thought to myself Hmm. Hmm. First of all, so first of all, I'm not an anime fan. Let's just put that out there. Um, I don't really like the art style. Second of all, uh, 
I I have very strong political feelings about women's treatment in video games. And still, I bought this bundle. Um, hmm. So... So I don't know. I don't know the best way to put this. So there's a game on there that actually got pretty good reviews from like Kotaku and Polygon and like all these different outlets called Honey Pop. And so I started playing it. And basically it's an it's a dating sim. And uh, essentially what you do is more like a sex. Sim. You start to figure out things about. So you have a fairy that guides you through. Uh, that guides you through these trials, per se, uh, where you find out things about different women that you meet. And then you start going on dates with them. Uh, totally unrealistic, first of all. There's no fairies in our lives, uh, and this is not how dating works. But uh, eventually, you start to find out enough about them that you can have good conversations. But... Your dates are actually, like, basically, what's the game I'm looking for? Oh, Candy Crush. It's basically a more refined Candy Crush, which is surprising. Uh, And that's how you woo them to find out more things. You get hearts from them. And essentially, by the end of each, each date, the goal is to hook up. Yes, that's a good way of putting it. Uh, So here's the pros to this game. Pros. I think the puzzle mechanics are actually really decent. Like surprisingly. Surprisingly decent. Uh, And like it's everything just kind of like works together that way. And I think like it's really smart in that design. Uh, Cons. First of all, this game was kickstarted. It doubled the amount they were asking for. Almost more, right? No, a little over double. Yeah. Um, I think that says a lot about society. I think that's the bad part here. And then, I don't know. There's there's a lot of dialogue in there that I'm like, wow, that was kind of super offensive. And things that I can't believe that I'm paying attention to. Um, and so I don't know, this was like a, like I kind of heard about this game, but not enough. And so I wanted to experience it firsthand. I don't recommend it. Uh, I actually feel kind of gross about it and I don't like feeling gross after playing video games, but I just wanted to throw that out there. I like, it's been, it's been something that's on my mind, like, there's a big discussion to be had about these kind of things. And this probably ain't the greatest place to do it right now, but I don't know. Like, it makes me feel weird. It is weird. So, moving on. Moving on. Yeah, like, we're going to go ahead. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we are going to start our two of the program. Uh, and then we're gonna we're gonna get we're into gonna get into the good stuff. We're gonna get into some good news good things. News. All right. So join us again for hour two.
Welcome back to hour two, or I guess welcome to hour two of uh, the Dry Spellcast on the University Pulse. Again, if you want to get in touch with us, you totally can. You can uh, find us on Facebook, Twitter at Dry Spell Radio, or uh, by email at dryspellradio at gmail.com. So we need to move on to video game news of the week. More and Destiny? I'll like, Just kidding. No, no more <laughs> Destiny. Uh, we need to talk about video games. So, or I guess video game news. We've been talking about video games. Destiny's a video game. Space World of Warcraft. It's an experience. Oh, shut up. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, I, uh, I know that Nintendo has their Direct today. We don't know what it's going to be about. We don't know anything. I'm sure it's going to be about Mario. But that's only speculation. I really do want to see what they're going to do. But again, like we don't know and what's going to happen yet. Mario is not a plumber anymore. Mario is not a plumber. And plumbers don't wear ties. That is a really bad reference that nobody's going to get. It was a video game uh, that it was an FMV game from the early 90s when FMV was just starting. And it is the worst piece of crap. Um, I have I have the game and we're going to play it someday. Okay, it's real stupid. Good. Um, so, yeah, let's go ahead and get into news. So I want to start about like so we had been kind of briefly talking about this in the past, but I want to really get into it uh, more today. So as we know, Boise State announced their esports team. Do you have a name? Uh, no, Boise I think State. it's Boise State esports. So Sorry. this is going to be accredited from. The National Association of Collegiate Esports, I believe, is what they're called. And it's basically just a group of people that got together like, hey, like maybe we should have regulations and stuff like this. Uh, completely separate from the NCAA. Thank God. Yes. Uh, so and it's uh, I think this is a really fascinating topic that we can talk about, like esports being on a university and being there for like people to come play and have scholarships and stuff. I know when they first announced this here, the there was kind of an outcry from the get go about, oh, well, Boise State cut their wrestling team last year and now they're adding esports like this is ridiculous. Okay. First off, cut the wrestling team. For a baseball team. So it was, it was, a, it was right. a trade. It, it was a trade. It wasn't just like completely cut the wrestling team. Right. Well, and people are f trying to find something to be upset about, which uh, is, yeah, no kidding. And so the thing is, is like, this has nothing to do with athletics, period. Yeah. This is funded through the College of Education and I believe the College of Innovation and Design. Yeah. They're funding this. Uh, everything from trying to get scholarships for kids to come play esports to um, getting gear and stuff like that. And I think that that's a really important thing to understand about this. And I don't think that there's a single university that's doing this that is through athletics. I think all of it's kind of like this. They find different sponsors from different places and then go with that. And so that's what Boise State's doing as well. The, the two people that are really heading this up, um, Dr. Chris Haskell, I'd say probably is the spearhead. And then I am so sorry. I forgot the second guy's name. I've met him. Uh, super cool. Uh, he works or heads up the College of Ed Tech. 
I don't know. All right. I, I should know these things, but they both work for the college of education. And so they're the ones like spearheading this. Uh, and so I just like, I really want to like kind of break into this, uh, this idea for a few minutes. So like, I guess my first question for maybe like Austin over here, like do esports belong in a university? Like what, what are your opinions on this? Well, I think absolutely. Cause I mean, there's people that come to university who are here not for sports or anything, and this might be something for them to, to do. Yeah. Like for like, I mean, for me and you, I, we, we didn't come to Boise State to, you know, play on the football team, basketball team, whatever. I mean, I ended up on a club team, but I mean, it's a yeah, shooting I mean, it's, I came from music, so it's yeah, a little it's different. It's a shooting team, which is a little different than stuff and something I found to go do. And this might be something like, and this could be a draw for the university, like, hey, Let's go. I'm going to go to Boise State because they have an esports team that I can try out for or something like that. And I think it's a, a smart thing to do. I mean, it's just another outlet for uh, uh, like recruiting and stuff like that. And like for something like for someone who is not good at sports, but is good at video games. And uh, you can totally be good at both. Yeah, too. I'm, not saying, like I'm not saying it's it. like it's like, oh, if you are bad, whatever. Yeah, I mean, you could be an amazing football player, but you also could be an amazing Overwatch player and stuff. So. I think it's it's smart, and I think more universities that do it will actually really affect how they attract more people in the future. Because uh, I don't know, me personally, being on like a club sports team who is growing like dramatically, like our our club is just exploded over the last two years. We actually recruited this last year, and actually brought people to Boise State because of our team, right? Which is amazing, and like I can see how this esports could do the same thing. Like we're bringing more, we're bringing new people here, bringing money to the school and this will do the same thing. And it's actually pretty exciting to see that. And I'm glad Boise State's kind of at the forefront of this. Yeah, I think there's like 40 some official teams right now. And there's a couple teams that are still going to announce this year. And then next year, people that have already like started talking to the group about announcing, I, I think it's just above 150 schools, major universities that will have esports teams. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, I'm not surprised because you obviously like esports have become really big in the last couple of years and with a lot of money involved in, I think it'd be a smart thing to do for the universities. Yeah, Absolutely. for sure. Yeah. And I, I totally agree. I think it's, I, I mean, if people that are like, oh, it's not a sport, like that doesn't matter. You don't have to think it's a sport, but still like being able to give an outlet, a competitive outlet for people that, you know, like are good at this. I think that that's super yeah, important. Like, I mean, for like me and you, we're pretty good at video games, but then there's people that are just like next level and it's a talent that they have such as like being a talent at football or something. Right. And we need, we should be able to tap that yeah, and we should and be able to accommodate that. Yeah. And it's, it's because it, then it becomes like a wasted, like a wasted talent where people are like, Oh, he just plays video games all day. And, and, and maybe in a couple of years, like, oh, man, he's a really good video game player and he brings money to the school or stuff like that, which I think would be super cool to see. I mean, there's going to be it's going to be a long road, I think, just yes. for that, because I think there's a few hurdles that really need to be overcome there, before it it's really set in stone. I think um, the biggest issue is there's still just such a stigma to people who play video games. Yeah, there is. I think that that's going away a lot because, you know, like our generation always had video games. The yeah. generation before us, uh, you know, video games weren't huge for everybody. The generation after us, oh, it's going to be everybody plays video games. Yeah. 
They, they do. So and like, like they, because I mean, I I deal with kids that are currently in high school, middle school now. That's all they talk about is just, oh, I played Overwatch blah blah all day yesterday, or on Minecraft and stuff like that. I mean. Yeah, and I think that They're, that stigma they were, they is were going born, to Yeah, end. they were born in this a time where video games were everywhere. Where, like, even for us, like, we were born in a time, like, when they started, like, being there. And right. even growing up, when I was like, oh, I play I play games all the time, everyone's like, well, that's kind of weird. Yeah. But now, I mean, now it's, like, not so much. And But there's still, like, obviously other people, like, who, like, are huge sports fans just don't understand it maybe for sure and that's gonna be an issue is just kind of getting its name out there and like and understanding that this is a competitive i, nature I think the sport. I, yeah i think the important thing to really try to get people to understand is that this is not replacing sports it's adding another thing and i think that that's what the the biggest fear is that this is a story of a girl who cried a river and drowned the whole world uh, that it's uh it's going, it's like breaking the sanctity of athletics. And I don't see that at all. It's really just something that's, it's a different thing uh, that's in the same vein. It's mm-hmm. just a competitive outlet. You know, uh, sports have been, have dominated competition in universities. And this is another level of that, right? And so I think like some of the other hurdles, like I know the NCAA is, is considering video games right now. I don't think it's ever going to happen because well, they can't control. Right. So they don't own video games. Yes. And I think that's the big thing. So like you look at like basketball or football, nobody owns basketball or football. So the NCAA can come in and they can control that on universities. Well, college level, obviously, because yeah, there's the NFL and stuff that, yeah, but they don't own the sports. That's they true. don't own the game. Uh, You're right. League of Legends is owned by Riot. And so and Rocket if, League is owned in like stuff like, like that. all of these games are owned. They are the property of a group, like a specific amount. You can count the people that own this game. Uh, and so it's it's going to be something really different if the NCAA comes in, starts putting all these regulations on like a game or something. Uh, and that won't work. The, but, the game developers can pull that. But then I think that's the beauty of them not doing it through the athletics and stuff like that is through other right. outlets is the NCAA has no jurisdiction there. Right. Exactly. And it needs to remain that way. I mean, the NCAA, I'm not, I'm not. Uh. And the NCAA has ruined video games. Obviously, college football, NCAA was one of the best football games and it, it's gone because yeah. NCAA is like, we don't want our name on it. And then. Right. Uh, it's a really strange thing. I think that that's probably going to be the biggest hurdle. Um, I could be wrong, but. And though, I mean, there'll be some un- unforeseen outcomes that we can't obviously predict right now. Right. That's what, how, uh, that's how everything is. There's always some blowback and just whatever. So, yeah. And so for like Boise state, uh, this is, they're going to start teams in overwatch league of legends, heroes of the storm, Hearthstone, right? Rocket League and Hearthstone. Yeah, so five. So five teams from the outset. And I know that, like, tryouts for, like, Overwatch are coming up real soon. I think that they've started, like, uh, doing, like, lands of these games. Um, I need to get a little more involved than I am right now. But I don't know. I think it's something that's super exciting. And I think it's cool that Boise State is kind of at the forefront Especially yeah. in Idaho. Like, we don't have a lot of video game stuff going on in Idaho. And I think this could be a way to start it, and maybe that'll help us out. 
Yeah. Yeah. We could be on the Selfish. we could be on the forefront of the video games and the, the video game scene in Boise. All right. Heard it here first. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's move on to the more real news. The real meat of the week here. All right. So PewDiePie. Actually, before we get into this, I want to start out by saying a, a disclaimer. When Austin and I first decided to start this thing... We decided from the very beginning that we were going to try to stay out of politics as much as possible. Obviously, like I've made my opinion stated, like I believe games are a political thing, like blah, blah, blah. Like there's going to be politics around them at all, like all the time. But for like, I think that there's better outlets to find those conversations. You know, I think that like I mean, Waypoint got, is yeah. probably a great place to go if you really wanted to get in the meat of that. You know, like Polygon, Kotaku obviously uh, pride themselves in that kind of reporting. So if you want to go to them for that, like that's awesome. We're going to try to stick to more games things. But having said that, there are certain things that happen in the industry that are unavoidable and that have to be talked about and so we're going to bring those up on occasion um and when we started we decided that like we we're going to try to be as fair as we could to all sites obviously we are a very opinionated group uh, when we talk about video games you hear that a lot you know i will be very very honest if i believe a game is garbage uh and austin as well and at the same time when okay. we're talking about something like this uh, I think that it's important that we look at both sides of a political issue and see that, like, it's pol politics are a very two-sided thing. Like, there is no right or wrong. It's a very gray area. Uh, no, you're wrong. No, you're wrong. Right. It's, it's, exactly. Yeah. And I think that there's certain things that cross the line that everybody should agree with are very wrong. I think well, what we're you say about everybody, but then we have people marching in the streets with Nazi flags. Which right. Is but, and I think that that's something that we should <laughs> all as a society say, no, that's not okay. I mean, we fought a war about this. Yes. <laughs> I mean, so, right. And I think that this situation <laughs> kind of lies on that spectrum. Mm -hmm. that's, that's why um, I brought that up. And I don't want, like, I don't, I don't want to make my opinion the most perfect opinion or the what everybody should agree with. But at the same time, I think that this is something that crosses the line. Now, what I'm talking about is PewDiePie uh, over the past week uh, during a live stream uh, PUBG used a incredibly racist term that we know as the N word. Uh, and I, I refuse to say it on air. Uh, well, well, actually, I don't think I can in this anyways, but I, it's, it's a word that for me is unacceptable to say. Well, yeah. And there's still, there's so much is like background and history to just this one word and like, you don't say it. Right. And it's just like the fact that, it, I mean, a Swedish guy yeah, well, and it's not even that. Like, well, a white guy. Why Let's do you, put it that I way. I mean, Whitey McWhite. Like, like, like <laughs> whiter than I am. Uh, <laughs> just outset. And I guess the context of it is even maybe more important to the situation. Like, so he said it was in the heat of the moment that it popped out. I think that's, that's bad in itself. Well, the fact that he's like in like when he's not thinking, that's what comes out of his mind. That's like out of his a mouth. problem. I mean, it's, that's an issue. Um, and... 
I guess I'll give an anecdote at the end. Maybe I will now. So like, uh, I managed to say a term that I find derogatory and not racist, but maybe homophobic, uh, sometime last year, uh, standing next to a friend of mine who is gay and it was it was at that moment that I realized that what I was saying was no matter how many ways that I could try to defend myself, it was unacceptable. Um, and like it's hurtful. Like even if you think that the word has taken on a different meaning, it's still hurtful to a certain group of people and you need to be aware of those things. Uh, I know that like it's kind of researched the story about Ryan Davis, somebody who I admire and, you know, millions of people admire who accidentally on a giant bomb live stream said that same word. And like, and it's funny because Patrick Klepik, who used to work there now works at Waypoint, wrote about this and said, like, when he said that on live air, we all kind of realized what had just happened and it was got super tense. And it was at that, like, they all had this like subconscious thing where they all decided, like, we need to end this now. Uh, and it's the only video that's ever come out of Giant Bomb that was edited. Uh, and he came out and flat out said, like, I am like, I can't believe that that popped out of my mouth. Uh, and like, it's, it's really unfortunate. And so I think that there's a lot to be said. Like if you're using a word enough that it just pops out, you need to really reconsider the way you say things. For PewDiePie, I think it's a very specific example because he has been under fire so many times over the last couple of months. You know, like certain things like the Nazi jokes, I think those are probably jokes. Uh, you know, like the Fiverr, the Fiverr thing, like maybe pushing it a little far. But again, that's the like there was a comedic aspect to that. There was no comedic aspect to what happened on this live stream. He somebody he used that term in place of calling somebody a like another derogatory term so it was from the outset a derogatory term and i think that's where we have to look at this and be like that's where it's unacceptable um i think that's kind of like, I don't know. Do you have anything to add on that? Like, I think that's kind of where I land on this. Yeah. I mean, the fact that that was like what just came out of his mouth without out thinking that was like a, just a reaction. That's an issue. I don't know if like me and you, if something like that, it's just going to be like a, like an F word or something like to right. be honest, like, but the, uh, yeah, this is definitely on like a list of words that I will never say. And I like, no, this is not, a, this is, this is a list of words that I do not say. And you know, it's the, not something like, that's just going to blurt out of my mouth. It's just uh, when it's, it's like, when you say like the F word, like that is not something that has really been designed and adopted to keep down an entire population of people. Mm -hmm. Like, sure. It may not be great to say, Oh, it's but, great to say sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, but know. yeah, 
and like this is it's it's I mean, I love this line here. It's like he's worse than a closeted racist. Yes. And we'll actually get to that in a second because there there is more to this than just what he said. Yeah, and the whole follow up of the story just was like just crazy. Yes, like yeah. I mean, this um, is just and I don't want to cut us off right now, but I do. We need to take a break, ah. um, and then we'll get back right to it. So back to, again, the topic of the week, really. Uh, so as I said, like PewDiePie did his thing and it's more so, I think, kind of a story uh, about what happened after that. Hold on. Hold on. I need to turn myself down. I'm getting heated, so I'm getting a little too loud. Um, so after he ah! was like, after this video came out, Sean Vanaman, the co-creator of Campo Santo, uh, like released Firewatch. Mm -hmm. He tweeted out a series of tweets um, that I'm going to read right now. So it started with, we're filing a DMCA takedown of PewDiePie's Firewatch content and any future Campo Santo games. There is a bit of leeway you have to have with the internet when you wake up every day and make video games. There's also a breaking point. I am sick of this child getting more and more chances to make money off of what we make. He's worse than a closeted racist. He's a propagator of despicable garbage that does not, that does real damage to the culture around this industry. I'd urge other developers and we'll be reaching out to folks much larger than us to cut him off from the content that he has that has made him a millionaire. Furthermore, we're complicit. I'm sure we've made money off of the 5.7 million views that video has, and that's something for us to think about. Lastly, I love streamers. I watch them daily, and we sent out over 3,000 keys to professional and amateur streamers of Firewatch. Unpacking this a little bit, uh, since then, the video has been taken down. So if you try to find that video, it basically just pops up and says this content is not available. Yeah. I think I mean, if you want to scour this, the deep webs, I'm sure it's there. Uh, somewhere. Maybe. But uh, I guess the main point of this is like, what does this mean for streamers? This is... Uh, I'll talk like so this has sparked a debate about who owns streaming content and the thing is is it's the game developers mm -hmm. and yeah if they don't like what you're streaming they can take it down they have the right to do that because it's their game that it's you're their playing game. it's their property and so i i totally understand why they took this video down like it's it's Yes. And now, uh, I think that there's something very, very important that we need to figure out. And maybe this is going to be the catalyst for this. Uh, there are a lot of people out there making money off of streaming content. And at what point does that, like, does that become an issue? You know, you can't go upload a a movie to YouTube and put yourself in the corner of it and talk over it. 
but it's kind of become acceptable for video games. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a good thing. I really do. I think that that's a very important part of video game society right now. Oh, the streaming thing's been huge. I mean, yeah. And I think that that's a good thing. I think it's something that benefits uh, the game developers and, and people like, who love video games. And for like people like me, like who like don't buy every single game, but want to see parts of the game, like I'll watch a stream of it. I'm like, hey, that's really cool. Maybe I will go get this game right. in the future or like right. stuff it's like that. It's free marketing. It is free marketing. And they actually end up probably making money off of it. Like they said, like we probably made money off this, you know, the 5.7 million views here because people probably saw the stream and went and bought Firewatch or whatever. Like, like, Oh, this game's cool. Stuff like that. And, and so I guess the ultimate question is like, is DMCA a good way to combat people saying things that you don't want them to say? Uh, you know, there, the YouTube environment is very much, a wild west situation right now. Um, they, I don't know if there's like no real protections for either streamers or, or games out there right now, other than this DMCA. And so it, it's just kind of trying to figure out like, where is the line? You know, like there's been the big controversies recently of like, um, You look at like H-E-H-E or yeah. Is that the right letters? I don't know. I don't, know. I don't watch them a lot. Uh, the Kleins and their big lawsuits uh, with the guy, the other YouTube star that they used parts of his video and basically made fun of them and the guy sued them and they ended up in a year long battle and then won over fair use I think that's a little bit different because I think once you upload something to YouTube, yeah, you're a creator, but also I'm sure somewhere in the terms of services, it becomes property of YouTube. Mm -hmm. Or oh, it has know. to, I mean, it has to be. It doesn't, but like, that's probably it, in their okay, terms of I mean, I understand, I mean, I understand, like it makes They're sense They're going to host it that. If, you know, it's their, uh, it's their problem if something happens to that. And so there's that. And then, um, there's the whole monetization problem that's been having, uh, and it's like total biscuit. No, no, no. Donkey, I guess, tweeted out a picture not too long ago of where it showed that over half of his videos now are not monetized because of the content. It's the wild, wild west, right? Uh, we don't, we don't really understand what's happening. Well, the problem there's, is there's just no set guidelines or rules that they need to follow. It's just like, it depends this on like, like, this isn't broadcast media. No, it, it's not. And it's like, it depends like maybe, well, this developer doesn't like this, but maybe this one doesn't care about as much or stuff like that. I don't know. It's, it's something I don't really understand because I don't, I'm not into the whole YouTube yeah. scene. So yeah, I mean, I started looking into it more and more and especially like the more PewDiePie messes up the more that this happens, you know, he is still the most subscribed person on YouTube by a long shot. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And you know, all he has to do is get on there and act good. That's literally all he has to do. And every time he messes up, it creates this whole mess of problems for so many people. Well, the problem is when he messes up, he like messes up like colossally and then it becomes such a big issue. And like, like this, this one's a huge issue. I mean, you can't say that. 
Yeah. Like in any, any setting really. And so it, as you say, like, should he be punished? I think he needs like some punishment from this. I don't know how you would punish it, but I, I you stop watching. Yeah. Unsubscribe. Stop yeah. making him money. That's true. I mean, that's the big thing. You know, uh, they can take down his videos where he says this stuff. Uh, they can cut him out from YouTube, but YouTube is never going to do that because he makes them so much money. Mm -hmm. He is the trailblazer in so many ways. He is, again, he's the most subscribed person on YouTube. There are so many things that like he does that YouTube is going to be afraid to punish him. And so it's up to us as viewers and subscribers to YouTube to do that for them. And then maybe it'll get to a point where, you know, if he loses three quarters of his subscribers, maybe YouTube will be like, okay, it's time to do something. Yeah. But I mean, that's, and then people are going to go all oh, free speech and crap like that, which is the wrong argument because you have no free speech on YouTube. Uh, that's not protected at all. The only the only free speech that is protected is if I walk outside this building and say something, <laughs> uh, the government can't punish me for it. Boy, state can punish me for it. <laughs> uh, you know, and that's the thing. Like this, this brings this opens so many doors for so many discussions and the ramifications of this are not nearly anywhere close to being over. No, and I, I can see more of this like evolving. I mean, this is just this is fresh news, so we'll see how this all plays out in the coming weeks. Because I'm sure this will still be big news a week from now, maybe two weeks from now, and we'll see what happens. Because I know he's what came out and apologized and stuff. He about came out it. and apologized in like a minute thirty uh, video. And the problem is, is every time there's a big scandal, he does this, and it never gets better. So at a certain point, like, can you believe him anymore? When is enough enough? I mean, that's, that's, I guess, the issue here. Yeah. And, I mean, I, unfortunately, his, a lot of his subscribers are young children who watch his stuff, and that's just bad. Right. So I find that really, like, like you know, young middle school, elementary school kids that watch his stuff, and this is how he's talking. You know, in, in, a, in a society that racism is still rampant and still a problem, uh, we need people that are ahead of the game on it. And he's not. So I, I guess that's unless you have anything else to add about no, this, I think, I think that's kind let's, let's, of where I kind of want to move away it. from the political stuff. So yeah, but we've got oh, we've got a couple more actually. Oh, uh, I know it's been a good week for this. Uh, it's been a good week. So Destiny Two, let's get back to that. Uh, so they are removing a gauntlet that looks like the Kekistan flag, uh, which. I didn't know was a thing I or had never that, heard of it, that is, so. but it, I guess it's some kind of symbol for like an alt-right movement. Um, and if you look at the flag and then look at the destiny gauntlet, you're like, Oh yeah. Like those are exactly alike. And so they came out and they're like, it's come to our attention that a Colin and destiny two shares elements with a hate symbol. <laughs> it is not intentional. We are removing it. Our deepest apologies. This does not represent our values. And we are working quickly to correct this. We renounce hate in all forms. Like at some point, somebody had to have seen this and been like, Oh, Nazis use that. It's like, like maybe it's not quite as Nazi symbol as like the swastika, you know, if a swastika <laughs> made it into destiny, but it's still like somebody had to approve that. 
but it didn't just end up in the game. Uh, it's true. It, and it just people are like, people are, people are getting out there and they're like, ah, oh, Keck means lol in World of Warcraft, which I don't know why you would just not type lol because that's still three letters, three letters Letals. and and two of them are the same. I don't know. But yes, uh, it, I mean, it looks like the flag. Okay, I have to check it out because I have no idea what, what this is. So. Yeah, and I mean, I could show you, like, um, if, again, go to Polygon, go to Kotaku. They've all ran articles. I, I'm sure GameSpot has ran an article on this by now. Um, last big political thing. More before, social commentary. Be- before we get out, uh, before we take one more break. Uh, South Park. South Park has been known for pushing the envelope on things, and I think we're all kind of aware of that. So the newest game, uh, The Fractured Butthole, which is great every time I say it. The difficulty meter in it uh, directly correlates to your skin color. We cannot make this up. No. This is is a real thing. No. And so if you want to play an easy game, you're white. If you want to play a hard game, you're black. And then there's a spectrum in between that uh, of difficulty. And like Cartman, while you're selecting, flat out says, like, this won't affect the combat. It'll just make everything else in your life harder. That's probably one of the greatest social commentaries that I've ever seen in a video game. It's, it's amazing. Yes. Uh, I think it's really smart. I think it's if anybody's going to pull it off, it's, it's going to be South Park. It has to be South Park because... They have that reputation now where like they do push the envelope and people like and they understand that it's it's poking at like an issue that is an issue and it's not they're not like they're not making this stuff up. No. And, and like that's what's like the uh, brilliance behind this. And I mean, it's like as messed up as it is that this is a thing that like they can poke at it. I mean, it is, a thing. It is a thing. So, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. All right. Well, we need to take another break and we'll come back and we'll uh, hold on. Hold on. There we go. Nope. That's not what I wanted. We're going to we're going to take a break and then we'll (laughs) be back. Okay, we are in our last half hour. Not even twenty minutes. Yeah, or we guess uh, we started a little later, but well, I I haven't been watching the time as well as I probably should have been. But um, so we've got twenty minutes left. We've talked about Destiny a lot. We've we've talked about games that shouldn't be played. Uh, Sonic Mania. We talked about PewDiePie. We talked about more Destiny. We talked about South Park. Let's go to something the real meat of the week. Nintendo. Yeah, as we mentioned, they have their direct, what you said today, right? Yes. And so more news came out with Nintendo is, so we've been talking about the, the SNES Classic and how they're ramping, like dramatically increasing production compared to the NES Classic. And Yeah, so, so basically Reggie came out and was like, 
do not overbid on this product on auction sites because we are going to make enough of them. Yeah. So I think that makes me feel better, like where I could just like walk into a store and there's one on the shelf that I can buy for whatever, 80, 90, whatever, how much it costs and be cool with it instead of having to pay $400 on eBay to get one. So I, I'm, I'm happy about that, that he, they actually finally addressed there will be enough for you not to like have to pay $500 to get one because that's just insane. At that point, you might as well just emulate the games. Whoa. Oh, I mean, you said the E word. Oh, I did. Uh, uh. Or like just buy or just buy a SNES classic from a pawn shop or like a SNES from a pawn shop. Probably like yeah. $10, $10 at that point. So. Yes. So there's a game coming out. I think it's the original street fighter. They're releasing it. The cartridge. Really? Yes. Cool. Uh, but it also says on there, mm, it might start a fire. <laughs> oh, good. So, um, so yeah. So the SNES Classic is supposed to be produced. It's supposed to be producing enough. And then. And this, is, then this is the big news. This is the lore talking. <laughs> they announced that the NES Classic is coming back next year. Back from the dead twice now. All right. I need to stand up for this. Nope, bad idea. <laughs> okay. I'm not standing up. I, I, I'm too tall. Uh, the NES Classic. Do we have conspiracy theory music? Because if we have conspiracy theory music, this is where I would put it. I would start it right now. Uh, I think that they are tilting the market. They are... They can make enough... They're choosing not to, to create this sense that this is something I need mm -hmm. and I will never be able to get my hands on one unless I'm first in line, unless I buy multiple of them and, or unless I go on eBay and spend $500 on one. Yeah. The NES classic is going for like $300 on eBay right now. When it was... I want to it say was 70, 70, 80 around there. Mm -hmm. And so now, like now the market is so skewed to making this product rare. And then they're like, oh, well, we're going to bring it back. So if I was somebody who literally just spent $300 on this and then they announce that they're coming back with another one, I would be very upset. Mm hmm. It, you know, if I'm somebody like me that didn't get my hands on one or still doesn't really care, uh, I'm like, cool. Like, I'll maybe I'll get another one. I don't know. I mean, now that we have a chance to get it, maybe. I don't know. It still feels like a waste of money to me. It's because that's what Nintendo does. They just make no sense. And yeah, yet they still make tons of money. So I know it's crazy. Yeah. And so the NES Classic, it's coming back. And that like, again, I think that this is a way of them creating an artificial scarcity in the market where they can start charging more well, for a product. Is this actually brings me back to a South Park. Remember when Cartman gets his own theme park? Yes. And then kicks everyone out. And then slowly has to let people in to pay for it. And then it becomes up like super successful. That's the marketing ploy they're doing here. It is <laughs> like, yes, they're kicking everything off. It's gone, but slowly they're going to bring it back and sell t and then sell out. And like, it's going to be crazy. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. That's, this is all messed up. Uh, and I think that, you know, 
whatever. You don't need this product. You do not need to buy this. It's fine. But for the people who are like really into this and see it as like, oh, this is part of my childhood or something like it's messed up in that situation. So it's like exploiting your childhood. It is. It's exploiting your fans. And come on, Nintendo. Like Reggie is just sitting there in the (laughs) corner, like, like twiddling his thumbs and every time or like the the mr burns like finger thing mm-hmm. and every time like more news comes out he just gets this smile on his face he's like i'm going to eat the souls of all the children <laughs> reggie is it he is pennywise the clown boom connection nailed it okay <laughs> with that far-fetched uh no that is not far- okay. far-fetched at all fine um so let's uh it's actual like big news. Bethesda. This is the craziest thing I've heard. So you know Bethesda's E3 press conference. They came out and they were like, "Yo, uh, here's all our games. Here's all our games year. coming this out this year." Well, somebody uh, from crap. Or I did. meant to put this on there. So somebody interviewed him at PAX West. Uh, Pete Hines, you know, a, a big player in <laughs> Bethesda, uh, and. He kind of said, or not kind of, like he flat out said, there is a new game coming out this year that has been yet to be announced. Yeah, and they said it's not, like hasn't been confirmed as a Skyrim AR. Oh, my God. Just running around. Uh, (laughs) Running around and catching dragons on your phone. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) <laughs> okay. I just want to see people running down the street. Dovahi! <laughs> and start just doing shouts. Yeah, ridiculous. Uh, so, <laughs> hasn't been confirmed if it's a sequel to a game or like or well, a new he IP. Flat, no, he flat out said it's, that it's not going to be a sequel. So it's a new IP. Uh, actually, I guess he said that it was like he can't say what it is. Yeah, it's so it's a new game that hasn't been announced, and that was like the big deal with the uh, E3 press conferences. These are all the games that are coming out this year. Here, here they are. When, and then this is a new game that's coming out this year, which there's not much left to this year. Yeah, um, for sure. Um, yeah, and so I think that that's really fascinating. And so then there was this, like, little Twitter thing where he, like, made a joke and everybody's like, oh, my God, it's not actually happening. He lied. And then he came out and he's like, guys, you, you just missed it. Like, <laughs> that joke went way over your head. Uh, but, I mean... The reason why, yeah, because Bethesda just trolls people like none other. Nay. We're never making another Elder Scrolls game again. Okay, here's Skyrim. Like that. The, so. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> moving on, like we just got time for a few more news things. Um, I'm going to save that for next week because that's going to be a doozy to talk about. So, uh, Sea of Thieves is sharing assets specifically water with PUBG. Uh, and uh, this is just kind of a, I don't know, like this isn't a huge news story. I think it's just more of like, Oh, this is, this is kind of neat. Right. Uh, so in an interview with GamesIndustry.biz, Brendan green player, unknown uh, himself. player unknown himself. He, he created this game called Pub, like player unknowns battlegrounds. Uh, I don't know if you've heard about it. It's a, it's a third person. Shooter. <laughs> We've done this bit too many times. Uh, so he said that this partnership that they developed with Microsoft 
uh, gives them like this deep network of stuff to use and like over like dinner with the guys who are creating Sea of Thieves, a game that will run at 15 frames per second at 240p. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, which I want to see. Like five, what was it? 540? Or yeah. I want to okay. see uh, PUBG at that. Oh, that's the tech they should be using. <laughs> it's like at a dinner, they were talking about like their games and stuff. And then the Sea of Thieves was like, ah, your water looks terrible. And so Brandon Green's like, why don't you let us use yours? They're like, all right. Uh, there was probably wine involved. Uh, maybe, some, maybe some most whiskey. Most good. Uh, probably some whiskey. <laughs> most good uh, business partnerships start over over drinks. And then you wake up the next morning like, what did we agree to? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, the why one, are we releasing a game at 12 frames a second? Uh, <laughs> the one the one criticism I've always had about PUBG was their water looks bad. It does look bad. But I mean, I'm I just, just kidding. That's not my one criticism. But, but I just like, assume that because it's in a pre, I mean, it's a pre alpha game. Like, it's know. in early access, whatever. So uh, I think that's really fascinating. I think it's kind of cool. I think that that's like an interesting look into the game, like development worlds. Well, there's so much shared stuff between games. It's like if you actually like go, I think I watched it. I mean, I did not think I did. I did watch a YouTube video about how so much stuff from video games gets shared uh, between games and like designs and like movies do the same thing. They'll take uh, backgrounds and stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's like there's that's so much media period. Because there's so much unused footage from other movies that they're like, hey, can I just buy this footage off you? And yeah. And then use it. And I, th I think in the gaming, it's the same way. Because they'll design stuff that never gets in the game. Like, hey, I like this design. Can I buy it from you? And then that's, I mean. Right. Well, and then, like, you look at all the Valve games. They all use the same exact assets. I mean, they're all based off the same exact stuff. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. And I, I just think that's a really interesting thing. Uh, last thing before we take our final break of the day, Okami HD was announced. So yeah, this has been rumored for like the last couple of weeks and I brought yeah, it up to you. Awesome. I brought it up to you and you're like, oh, I haven't really heard anything on it. Yeah. I, oh, I asked you if you ever played it. Back I never did play I it. I never did either. And like, this was like one of the first, cause this came out like 10 years ago. Yes. It was a big, it was like 2004. I yeah. Think. It was a big deal when it came out and like, I miss like, this was like the first game I kind of remember like. Being like, oh, this is kind of a big deal game. Yeah, when, it originally came out on PS2. Yeah, it was PS2. And this was, I remember, I never owned it. And I never wanted to play it. I always did. But, like, this was back in the day when, like, I didn't buy every video game because this is back when my, my parents bought me video games. So it was whenever, like, I want this one. Ten and years ago? 2004? Yeah. Or 13 years ago? I was 11. I was definitely, like, sixth or seventh grade. How old am I? I guess I was 12. Yeah. We're, we were young then. Like, we didn't go out and buy video games. And, like, when we did, it was, like, one game. I actually bought all my games. Okay. I, so my, my, most of mine were, like, gifts to me. Or, like, I would save up my money when the games were only 30, 40 bucks back My then. parents hated me. So, mm. uh, so yeah. Okami HD announced for the PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. And they're updating it for, like, 4K graphics and stuff. And it's coming out to December 12th for $20. Yeah. This game like m consistently makes uh best of like the video games period yeah, of like games ever like lists. I think that's awesome. And again, like this is a game that like I remember seeing. Yeah, I remember ads seeing it for. Yeah, and I was like, this game looks super so cool. cool. Uh, and that's not just my interior like monologue that I want to be a dog that paints stuff with its tail, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, like mm-hmm. t- I, I remember that now, even like however long ago this was announced. Yeah. Like, when I, was, I watched the trailer this past week and I was like, wow. Like, I remember watching this as a kid and being just amazed. Yeah. And like, the, the, back to what I saying, like, this was, I think, the first game where I could really like, I was like just wowed with like seeing like I never even owned it and I still was like and I still remember like I it's just like whoa kind of thing yeah um so I think that's probably it for news uh this week we need to take one last break before we get out of here Okay, uh, so we've got what seven minutes left before our show's over. Um, so a couple of things we uh, contacted uh, during the show, which you can do uh, from here on out. So another little note from our friend Keaton out there uh, talking about the SNES or the NES Classic. He said, why buy these at all? Are these old games good enough for this? Why not just buy these games on the eShop? And I think the important question is, or I guess not the important question, the answer there is, I don't think they're coming to the eShop anymore. Uh, You know, they they announced that service where you get like a free game, like on a rolling month basis. And I don't know, they still haven't announced a virtual console for the Switch. Which is weird. I'm surprised. Um, and I doubt a, they'll was, ever do it. Well, no, it's weird because that was a big, like a big thing for the Wii and Wii U and stuff was the virtual yeah. console. And there's so many people that bought games on there that are kind of expecting if they had the Switch that they would have those games. Right. Too. And no. well, they, they've never been good at that. Like your games would not transfer over, transfer over from the Wii to the 3DS. When like you think that would like be that, that would just make sense. Like why wouldn't you do that? And the 3DS version's worse. Than and I have the answer why you want to do that. And the answer is simply Nintendo. <laughs> That's always the go-to answer. Why don't we make an app where we can plug our headset into it into in the Switch and then use that for voice chat? And while they're still, it's Nintendo. But um, I don't know. Like, why would you buy this? I think it's a nostalgia thing, right? You want to go back. You want to play. I'm sure there's like maybe a little up-res graphics, and then there's like the pause feature and the save state feature and stuff like that that might make older games good uh and i like i like that i like that idea you know i like said i'm came and, from and the that era a brand new game starcraft 2 or not starcraft starfox starcraft, <laughs> starcraft Star- 2 is gonna run great <laughs> starfox 2 yeah the never released starfox 2 is there so i mean that is a pretty big pull for the, the SNES i think classic. that that's the big thing like about the snes classic but you know i think it's just a nostalgia In factor, a game that right? could technically be considered for game of the year because it's its first release yes it could uh, because game of the year doesn't matter and all the rules are made up and the <laughs> points don't matter. Yes. But yeah, it's just one of those things. Like I think that if you are nostalgic about these, like I can totally understand wanting them. Yeah. Or if you have room on a shelf that you don't want to like, you want to take up with something that costs $80. There you go. There's that too. Uh, and I don't know, like I, I, like I said, I don't foresee myself really going after these. 
I mean, you but, say that now, but I can guarantee if you're in the store and there's one on the shelf, you will grab it and buy it. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it depends on how financially sound I am at okay. that point. I, but I do know you. Because if I'm like, if I, like in my current state, like if I'm going to decide between a brand new game and that, I'm going to probably pick the brand new game. Yeah, that's true. You know, it's, I think it's just a balancing act between those things. So I think that's the main thing. I, I think it depends if they're not going to bring it to the eShop or whatever, or virtual console, then I think that that's going to be the big deal. Like this is going to be the only way to play these games now. Uh, besides of course, ROM hacks and emulators, which is illegal. Shh. Uh, I got a message this past week from our friend Colby in China. Uh, and he said, in regards to your PUBG, That's right. we are worldwide. Yes, we are Mr. Worldwide. <laughs> uh, in regards to your PUBG bit on stream, an interesting thing is Chinese players. Again, so we talked about PUBG, why it's so popular, like how it's selling, stuff like that. And he said, I had no clue about this before coming to China, but the store actually drops prices depending on your region with games like Ark survival evolved a game. I played to death these last few years. This is a huge problem. I never had the opportunity to play PUBG, but when it comes to hacking and steam vac, it's never an issue here to have your account banned. I can buy PUBG for only $15 and it often goes cheaper. So when it comes to sales, I'd be really interested to know the distribution of amongst countries in Ark. The hacking problem is huge and it's always the Chinese because of the ability to buy so many accounts. And so, so, like, you can buy a game for $15 and get banned from it, buy it again, buy it again, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I think this is a really fascinating thing. And I tried to find the answers directly to, like, how many times PUBG has been bought in, like, an Asian country. And I couldn't find the data. I guess I probably could have looked harder, but I didn't see where I could find that data easily. Uh, and I think that that's a really interesting thing. I think it kind of comes down to maybe conversion and how much a product is worth in America compared to like China. So you think of like, if I'm gonna make a chair in America um, and I'm gonna sell that chair in China, it still cost me this certain amount to make that chair. It cost me this much in materials, it cost me this many man hours, blah, blah, blah. Video games are this weird non-physical thing where we just made up the price, right? You know, $59.99 came the standard price for a video game arbitrarily. Somebody just made that up, yeah. and it became the industry standard. Well, it I'm is sure not a physical thing. It isn't a physical thing. I'm sure, like, it did take a point, like, obviously, like, hours and, like, the pay that they got and then the projection of sales, I'm sure directly correlates to, like, Maybe. to, like, paying the companies and stuff. But now it's just to a point, like, it is a standard, and they're probably making, obviously, they're making way more money off the games you than know, you make you produce make, the game. You make, you write the code, you make it once, and then you sell it for this arbitrary amount, and either your game's going to be successful, you're going to make all your money back, or you're not. It's a gamble. I mean, right. essentially. When you make a chair, you know you're going to sell that chair. You know exactly how much it costs to make. Uh, and I think that that's a big thing. I think that it would be really interesting to see how the conversion works and why it may be so cheaper in other regions just based upon the lack of physical items in the development of that product. You know, I don't know too much about the Asian gaming scene, so um, I'm just speculating at this point. But, yeah. 
there's that. Thanks for writing in, Colby. Uh, thanks nice to for, hear from you. Thanks for keeping. <laughs> How's China? <laughs> uh, right. Uh, thanks. Uh, Everybody else who contacted Colby, us. Keaton, Tanner. Yeah. Uh, keep contacting us. You can do that on Twitter at Dry Spell Radio. I'm going to try to tweet out more things, maybe start com- conversations on Twitter. Uh, you can follow us on our Facebook page, again, Dry Spell Radio. And then Dry Spell Radio at gmail.com. If you missed any of our previous shows, they are all either on SoundCloud or iTunes. Yes. Yeah, we are there. Subscribe to us on those things. You can pull up your little podcast app on your iPhone. Boom, we're there. Super easy. Easy to do. So um, I have to about does it for us today. Uh, games coming out that you might want to keep your eyes on. Again, the physical double release of Inside and Limbo came out yesterday. Highly recommend. Uh, and yeah, for sure. If you haven't played those games, then I think this is a great way to do it. It'll take you 10 hours to beat them both or less. And so. it'll be 10 hours. You'll be like, whoa. So. Yeah, it, I mean, it's a great experience to have. Um, otherwise, uh, NBA 2K18. Hmm. Divinity Original Sin 2 uh, comes out for PC. Uh, that's uh, a big deal. Uh, Metroid Samus Returns is something that's kind of flown under my radar, but I'm really excited for it. It comes out for 3DS. Uh, and that's, you know, that's something I have. So uh, next week... Uh, again, uh, Burly Men at Sea comes out, and I actually do really want to play this game. It looks pretty great. Uh, Thimbleweed Park comes out for iPhone, Android, uh, Switch, and then some more Pokemon stuff. Steam World Dig 2 comes out. Uh, so those are things you can check out. And then finally, Marvel v. Capcom Infinite. It's been a lot of drama around that game, and I, hopefully they've kind of Got it all tied down. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I don't know if they ever tie anything down. So I think that does it for us. Yeah. It's a good show. Austin. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Of course. As always. As always. Uh, Like I have anything else better to do. Just kidding. Email us. I love being here. I do, too. All right, guys. Well, we've gone over our time, so it's time to get out of here. And uh, happy uh, grinding. (laughs) 